This is the Inside Out Story Podcast, a place where we take you deep into the world of storytelling. Now, here are your hosts, John Booker and Jeremy Casper. Welcome to the Inside Out Story Podcast. I'm John Booker, and I'm interested in why we tell stories. And I'm Jeremy Casper, and I am interested in the how we tell stories. Today, we're going to be talking about Jeremy and I's new book, Master of the Cinematic Universe, The Secret Code to Writing in the New World of Media. Yay! Yay, <laughs> yeah. This is our first uh, book release with um, Michael Weesey uh, Productions, who Jeremy and I admired from afar for many years. For those of you unfamiliar with Michael Weesey, um, you know, his first claim to fame was he did a um, a parody film called Hardware Wars uh, that I remember watching as a kid and <laughs> just thinking it was hilarious. Uh, but then he went on to form the largest film publication company uh, in the world. They publish uh, more books about film than anyone else in the world. They sell more books about film than anyone else in the world. And um, Jeremy and I have been very influenced by their work uh, I don't remember the first Michael Weesey book I ever bought, but, uh, you know, three books that automatically come to mind. One is uh, Chris Vogler's The Writer's Journey. This book uh, not only, you know, changed my life, it changed uh, Hollywood. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with Chris Vogler and sort of his journey, um, you know, with a story structure, you really should check out The Writer's uh, Journey. Uh, it's It's basically... Uh, adapting uh, Joseph Campbell's idea of the hero's journey and, uh, you know, taking that idea and formatting it for screenwriters. Uh, Then, you know, Judith Weston's book on directing actors, another book that was just revolutionary for me as a director in how to direct actors. And um, probably the book, you know, that influenced me the most that Michael Weesey published was a book called Save the Cat from Blake Snyder. And uh, Jeremy and I actually spent many years teaching uh, Save the Cat to uh, film students in the Los Angeles area. Uh, but Jeremy, can you believe we're <laughs> published uh, by Michael Weesey? I uh, can't. I can't. It's pretty. It's pretty exciting. And uh, the three books you mentioned too were the three that came to mind as well. Judith Weston, especially. Oh my wow. goodness! I thought I. I thought I knew directing until I, I read her book. <laughs> so phenomenal. And I'm really intrigued with their uh, their new series. They're, they're coming out with this How to Shoot series yeah. and, and yeah. looking at the different directors and. It's really some intriguing uh, books there that I want to get copies of and take a look at as well. So yeah. thrilled to be thrilled to be on their imprint. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, let's uh, talk for a few minutes about how this book came about and uh, what you know the book is about and what uh, we hope people get from it. Yeah, so, sure. Uh, maybe give everybody a little bit of history on uh, how you and I met and how we came to work together. Yeah, John and I uh, started working at the same time at the Los Angeles Film Studies Center here in LA. Uh, we, uh, we, the school we teach at is a, a one-semester school, so it's a, a new semester, we get new students, so we started the exact same semester, and um, we taught a lot of narrative storytelling, short narrative storytelling, um, and after a while, we just began noticing, wow, we are not only starting to say the same things over and over in class, we're also starting to see students making the exact same mistakes over and over in their films. 
And the more you study story, we look at these these different problems and we're like, well, these should be obvious. Why aren't these students seeing it? But uh, putting yourself back into the shoes of that beginning writer, you realize that some of this stuff that that for seasoned writers may seem like breathing um, can actually be really, really big um, caverns that have to be crossed in order to get to writing. And uh, so we really wanted to take a look at um, specifically storytelling in short form media. Um, John, you and I have talked before about one of the biggest mistakes we've seen in film schools today. And, and really, to, to a degree, we've probably contributed to this to a little bit, uh, to a degree as well. And it's this idea of we teach students how to make feature films. Like, here's, here's your typical three-act structure. And then we say, now go practice it doing a short film. All these story tropes of feature films, they work in short films too. But there are things that the medium of short films can do that features can't, and vice versa. And so we really wanted to stop and take a look at what's unique about this medium of short film. Um, and we started with narratives. That's where we began. What's, what's unique about short narratives compared to feature narratives? And let's try to, to figure out the strengths of this medium and teach students how to exploit those strengths and tell better stories. And then we started looking into new forms of media. And John, you might want to talk a little bit about, about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jeremy and I have taught together uh, for 10 years. And over the course of that 10 years, we've seen the technology change. You know, we've seen uh, from filmmakers uh, pretty much in the independent world shooting on mini DV when we, you know, first began teaching together. Uh, to now there's no tape anywhere involved in the whole process. And so, you know, the technologies, the methods continued to change. Um, when we first uh, began examining stories together, uh, there was no such thing as Vimeo. Uh, there was no such thing as Periscope. Uh, you know, so we saw all these new ways of telling stories begin to arise. And Jeremy and I, you know, would look at each new technology that was released. We would look at each new form of storytelling that was released and say, okay, how can we take what we already know, the timeless truths of story that we have, have learned through experience in, in crafting stories and telling stories, how can we take those and apply those to this new technology or this new method uh, or distribution medium of storytelling? Yeah, I, I, and John, I think I can speak for you on this too. I, I am a diehard Marshall McLuhan adherent, and <laughs> yes. it, the, the whole idea of the medium is the message. And I think it's really easy sometimes to look at short forms of media and say, well, you know, isn't, isn't a video on YouTube and Vimeo all just the exact same thing? And one of the things that we want to identify in this book is really looking at these, these different forms of media that all might be five-minute films but how contextually the medium in which they're presented, whether it's a PSA, whether it's online, whether it's something you email to a prospective employee, whether you're trying to raise money, just because of the way you're presenting the message, it changes it and people receive it in a different way. And so we didn't wanna just come out and say, this is the way that you just do five minute films. This is the way you do three minute films. No matter what, this is just the way it's done. But really look at what makes these different mediums uh, unique. Yeah, and throughout the years, we had different students who, you know, came through our classes and the things that we taught about story, and we saw them begin to take these structures and these uh, uh, tools, you know, of storytelling, and we begin to see them use those in 
um, all sorts of different ways. So, you know, one morning we woke up and saw, wow, we have this former student who is, um, you know, got half a million hits on YouTube, you know, with um, this method of storytelling. And so, you know, we began to look and see how the people who had come through our courses and who had been listening to our teaching were taking these ideas about storytelling into new forms, into new formats. And, you know, it, it became this process of us examining uh, what we saw out there uh, in the, the storytelling world and then continually looking back and saying, okay, what is just trendy and what is actually based on real substance that is going to stay around for a long time. And, you know, Jeremy and I continued to work our way back through our own training, uh, which began in the field of communications. And we learned, you know, when we were studying communications, that basically there are uh, three things uh, that a, a speaker uh, can, can give a speech um, based on that will help them as a speaker uh, communicate well with their audience. And, you know, this is ethos, pathos, and logos. And uh, anybody who has even a, a small amount of training in communications, you know, learns the difference between those things. And we looked at how do we take what we know about ethos, pathos, and logos as communication um, uh, professionals, how do we take those ideas and apply those to storytelling in these new forms and medias? So, uh, Jeremy, for those, you know, uninitiated, uh, give us a real brief uh, one-sentence description. What is ethos? What is pathos? What is logos? Sure, sure. We've got pathos, and pathos just basically refers to the, the heart of your story, the emotionality of your story. Are you appealing to, to your reader or your viewer or your listener's uh, emotions? Uh, and then you've got your ethos, and that's uh, basically your ethics. Um, are you are you an ethical and credible speaker? Uh, are you the right one to tell the story? Um, does your uh, are, are the characters in your stories are they going through honest human journeys? Uh, and then lastly, you've got your logos, and that's the logic. That is just simply does your presentation, whether it's a, a speech you're giving or a narrative story that you're telling, does it make logical sense? Is is this the way humanity behaves? Um, are you using sound reasoning in your presentation? And with those three ideas, then uh, the, the theory of communications uh, breaks down into why we are trying to communicate with someone. What is our purpose in communicating? Which Jeremy and I saw a link between uh, the purposes that people communicate and why we create short form media or any media for that matter. And that is, uh, it is either to inform to entertain or to persuade. And pretty much any sort of short form media uh, that you create, and I, I would you know, uh, even argue this is true for long form medias because it's true of communications, you're trying either to entertain, to, interf uh, to inform, or to persuade. If we know we're doing one of those three things, what then can we um, know about the story we need to be telling in order to effectively achieve the goal with the audience. Now, I do want to pause here for just a second and say, Jeremy and I do not believe in story formulas. Anybody that tells you they can teach you the formula to having a hit story every time is lying. <laughs> There's no such thing as the perfect formula in story. What we do believe in is forms. 
we do believe in uh, structure. You would never go try and build a house without a blueprint. We do believe in the idea that art is built around structure, and there are certain structures and methods that are helpful to know when you're trying to create good art. For example, uh, if you are a musician, you know that I can play this note and I can play this note and they can go together and they can make a chord. But if I play this note and this note together, it will never sound good. It will never make a chord that resonates with the ear of the audience. The same thing holds true of story. And what we're trying to do in this book is look at 30-something elements that we came up with and say, if you play this element together with this element, it will resonate in the uh, ear of the audience. If you play this element with this element, it won't. So, you know, our comparison here is very closely aligned with uh, the idea of music. We're not trying to uh, invent new notes or new chords. We're trying to say, here are the notes that form together to make a chord. You can use these chords to write any song you want. It doesn't limit creativity. That's not what we're trying to do with this book. But this book is really about teaching you what notes go together to form chords to tell any story that you want. And I think it's also important to note that in by no means are we suggesting in this book that these, these are the only 20 ways that you can tell stories. We, each chapter is dedicated to a specific form of short form, of short form media. And, uh, and there, there is so much more that cinema can do than just these 20 things. Uh, in our first book, The Inside Out Story, we devote a whole chapter to the abstract short film. And that's something we don't really get into a whole lot in this book. Uh, we're, we're really, the through line of this whole book of Master of the Cinematic Universe is that the, this, the tropes of story, uh, these tried and true methods that have been around basically since the beginning of time, we can see a common thread uh, through all these different forms of short form media that you can take these common, these, these tried and true methods of storytelling and apply them to any medium and you can make it more impactful. Um, it's, it's a lot of it's just really encouraging writers. And John, this is something we did in our first book too, is I think it really helps writers to, to try to get a grasp and an understanding of what it exactly is they're trying to do before they even begin. So if you know that you're going to do a, a video for a Kickstarter campaign, well then figure out, accept that and figure out what specifically you need to do for that particular type of video to make it more powerful. And that may be different than something else. But, uh, but keep in mind, like I said, um, we are also <laughs> huge believers in, in the fact that um, art isn't always just about you know, the recording of narrative or the recording of dramatics. Um, we don't even begin to touch into language of cinema, the image, uh, the poetry of cinema, and, and all those wonderful things that film can do as well. Um, so, uh, so keep that in mind as we move forward in our discussion. This is, this is really sort of a, a resource book, if you will. I think, John, do you want to talk a little bit about, uh, we even sort of instruct the reader on how to read this book. Yeah, we, what we you know, have come up with are, are basic elements that you may want to include if you're trying to tell this certain type of story. So if you're telling a story for Vimeo, then these are the elements you really have to make sure that uh, you include in that story. If you're telling a story on YouTube, there are different elements actually that will be helpful to you in telling that story. If you're creating a music video, there are certain elements that will be helpful to you in telling that story. What we're trying to do is identify all these elements let you know what elements are most important 
within a certain type of media or type of story. And we equally importantly, I believe, tell you what that particular medium does not accomplish, uh, what not to do in that certain uh, media if you're, if you're working with that. There's a lot of people that, for example, uh, use certain medias um, to try and tell very long stories, and those medias are just not designed around that. Let, let's take something, for example, uh, like a vine. Vines are six seconds long. Vines, you only have six seconds to tell your, your whole story. Are you going to get three acts into uh, you know six seconds? Maybe, but probably not. You're probably only going to be able to use um, a few elements you know, in that. So you may uh, not have some of the traditional elements you would use in a longer form story, but you will have a character. A vine is not that interesting unless there's someone in it. And so the element of character is something we need to understand if we're going to create vines. Now, speaking of character, I, I think we identify some elements that people don't often think of when they think of short form media, Jeremy. And these are internal elements. For There's two elements that we identify. One is um, the internal conflict. The other is the internal flaw. And if we're dealing with a medium that is based around character, like a vine, can, can you talk for a second about the difference between an internal conflict and an internal flaw in a character? Uh, yeah, so when we're talking about uh, the internal flaw, uh, what we're talking about is a thing inside of main character that needs to be fixed. And usually the internal flaw is going to give rise to your theme. It's going to really inform what the, the theme of your, your story is about. So for example, if the flaw of a main character is the fact that they can't forgive, then uh, more than likely your story is going to be about forgiveness. The internal conflict is the thing that gets in the way of the character fixing that flaw. Um, and of course, in this book, we don't go into all the details, but uh, we could even divide the internal journey of a main character down into its uh, even more finer points. I think it's important, though, to keep in mind, and, and we address this in the book, that in the world of, of short-form media, it's, it's usually good to keep those sort of internal conflicts and those internal themes very universal. Um, that's why oftentimes the short films that win awards and the ones that become very popular, the, those, the simple stories about love that are just told in a very creative and interesting way. Um, so it, it's, it's anytime you're dealing with any sort of medium, uh, short form medium like a, a short form documentary, a PSA, um, anything that really requires us to delve into the heart of a character, which probably means you're going to be de delving into the heart of your audience as well, those elements have to be constructed properly uh, in those short-form medias in order for it to work. Yeah, Jeremy, in addition to that, uh, you know, someone might say, well, how do you take the internal uh, desire of the character, the internal flaw or the internal character, I, I'm sorry, the internal conflict of the character and, and work that into a six-second vine? That's why you need to buy the book. That's right. what uh, we discuss in the book. So, um, you know, some of these things are very, very subtle ways that we can work that into, um, you know, even a, sh a piece of short form media. For many people nowadays, uh, crowdfunding has become an incredibly important way to get money to make long form media. But what a lot of people don't realize is even in creating a crowdfunding funding video that you're going to put up online, 
Um, there are certain elements that you need to include in order to get people to open their wallets. One element that we talk about is the call to action. The call to action is, is something that we see in old myths and old mythic storytelling. But the call to action is just as important to include in a crowdfunding video. If you're going to ask people to give you money, it's very important that you follow through with the ask and actually ask them to do that. Many people create crowdfunding videos and never get around to actually asking people to donate. It's almost like they create videos just to make people aware of the project when what they really are trying to do, the goal of the video, is to persuade. Remember a few moments ago we were talking about different goals that we have with communication? The whole goal of creating a crowdsourcing or crowdfunding video is to per persuade your audience to give you money. Well, there's a few things that you need to make sure that you do if you're going to ask people to give you money. If you want that call to be effective, if you want people uh, to actually respond, there are different elements you need to make sure you include with that piece uh, that will touch people's emotions. Because most people give money based on emotions uh, more so than logic. So if your whole crowdfunding video is based around logic, it probably is a mistake. It is something you want to consider. How are we going to make this an emotional appeal? This is why people give money, because their emotions are touched, not because their head is touched. Absolutely. And and speaking of that, uh, the, the PSA, for example, John, we have a whole chapter that's uh, dedicated to the PSA, the public service announcement. And that's another one you know, in terms of really uh, giving some sort of a call to action. Uh, that call to action is actually, in that case, something that's very specifically directed at the audience. Um, in fact, when you're doing a PSA, you're really kind of leaving the end of the story off and then asking the audience, what are you going to do about it? If you don't know that kind of information going into it, you can actually answer the question for the audience and they walk away and say, great, problem solved. Um, so these fine nuances of the different mediums that we're, we're working in, that's what we try to address in this book. What's unique and how do you exploit it? How do you push it to its limits? You know, we recognized when we were creating this book that um, some of these things, you know, are, are going to be ideas that in order to fully uh, embody in your, your piece that you're creating, um, you, you're not going to have time to read through a dictionary of different uh, terms and, and, and methods and uh, formulas and, and elements. And so uh, we've really tried to keep this book um, as small as possible. We worked with our publisher to really try and limit uh, how long it would take for someone to read this book. And as Jeremy mentioned earlier, this book can very easily be read as a resource. While we encourage you to read the whole book start to finish, if you don't have time for that, you can read literally the first two chapters of the book and then skip ahead to whatever medium you're working on and just read that chapter. And all the chapters are very small. They're this is meant to be a functional book that you can use depending on whatever project you're working at on at the time which in the culture we live in now, the, the projects 
projects we work on vary. Sometimes I'm working on more long form projects. Sometimes I'm working on uh, a, a project that's going to be on YouTube. Sometimes it's going to be on Vimeo. Sometimes I'm, I'm just doing something on Periscope. Right now, uh, Jeremy and I are, are uh, talking a lot about virtual reality. I'm working on a virtual reality project. So how do we begin to look at what project we're we're needing to uh, find resources for and very quickly uh, identify those. And that's what this book is about. You know, John, maybe something that, uh, that you could talk about a little bit, just given your history in education. Um, we've been teaching together for a long time, but, uh, but your experience in education goes back even further than mine. Um, as far as this book being used in a classroom setting or being being used in as a teaching reference, I know we've got exercises and that sort of thing in the book as well. Is there anything that you can you can add to that conversation at all? Yeah, you know, I know uh, having been you know involved in education for almost fifteen years now and, and teaching you know at the college level, um, I was constantly and am constantly looking for resources that will help my students stay on the cutting edge of media creation. And one thing, you know, that I know both Jeremy and I identify with strongly is it is easy to teach someone how to punch the buttons. It's easy to teach someone how to make pretty pictures. Uh, that honestly, because of the way technology is developed, doesn't take nearly as much talent as it used to. <laughs> Uh, what is difficult to teach someone is how to tell an impactful story, how to teach someone how they can connect with their audience. This book really tries to get into the nuts and bolts of that. Um, we recognize, you know, that people creating media nowadays, they don't have much time to hook the audience. There's just not a lot of time. People's attention spans are short. So as an instructor, you know, trying to teach storytelling, trying to teach media courses, um, I, I constantly uh, was, was looking for hands-on type resources, and this book is a hands-on resource. Jeremy mentioned the end of each chapter, we give exercises that um, instructors can use with students. But even if you're not a student uh, in higher education, um, even if you're someone who's kind of past that phase in life, this book is tremendously helpful. Uh, you can go and do those exercises that we put at the end of each chapter, whether you're a student or not, and they will help you learn the principles within each chapter. Um, the only way to really learn these things is to do them. And this book is meant to be right next to you as you are doing these things. We would love to see uh, these books, you know, make it out on the sets of shoots or in the editing room. Um, as a matter of fact, if, if you're using the book for that purpose, take a photo of it, send it to us on Twitter. We'll put it up on our website. We would be so honored uh, to see you doing that. But as an educator, as a speaker, as a teacher, as a writer even, this is a book that can be used in such a wide, wide, varying uh, variety of situations. So uh, instructors, students, as well as um, independent filmmakers or storytellers in general, this book is for you. It's helpful. Yeah, and, and speaking along those lines, for those of you who are interested in using this book uh, in your classroom settings, we do want to hear from you. And we're going to be at uh, BEA this year, um, here just in a few weeks, actually. 
uh, and we'll also be at NAB where we'll be at the bookstore there signing uh, copies of the book. So please come by and, uh, and uh, talk to us about uh, what's going on with your curriculums and your school. John and I love curriculum. We do. We're, <laughs> we're those weird people. We are. <laughs> we'll also be at the University Film and Video Association's annual event in Las Vegas uh, later in the summer. And we are going to be at the San Francisco Book Festival this year. So if you're out on the West Coast at all, uh, please uh, come and say hello if you're going to be at one of these events. Um, if you would like to bring Jeremy and I in to speak about uh, storytelling or, or script writing or this book or any of the other work that we've done, uh, please contact us at our website, theinsideoutstory.com. Jeremy and I love to connect with people. We love discussing story with people. Uh, Jeremy, where pe can people find you even on uh, social media? Yeah, my Twitter handle is at Jercasper, J-E-R-C-A-S-P-E-R. And I'm also active on Facebook. You can find me at facebook.com backwards slash Jercasper. I'm on Twitter at John K-B-U-C-H-E-R. I'm also uh, online. Check out my blog at welcometothesideshow.org. Check out my weekly article on storytelling at la-screenwriter.com. And if you haven't yet, go pick up Jeremy and I's book, Master of the Cinematic Universe, The Secret Code to Writing in the New World of Media. It's available at Barnes & Noble. It's available at uh, amazon.com. But if you have a choice in where to get it and you really want to help us out, buy it at Michael Weesey's website, mwp.com. Um, they're, they're just great people to connect with. If you're someone who's interested in these type things, uh, you know, get their catalog, check out some of their other books. They're, they're just tremendously helpful uh, for storytellers out there. So Jer Jeremy, any parting thoughts on the book? I think that uh, the one thing that I'm really happy about with this book is, John, you and I, John and I literally sit around and talk about story for hours and literally. hours on end. <laughs> um, and what I love so much about this book is I, I, John and I really attempted to just say, you know what, let's just get to the basics. Let's really figure out uh, what makes story work and present it in a way that's very accessible to the people who are actually out doing this stuff. And uh, just reading through some of these um, initial chapters, again, now that the book has come out, um, I, was, I was just really pleased to see that, uh, that how everything folded out. Uh, we had a great editor who worked with us on this book. And, uh, and yeah, so I, it's, I, I think that the goal, John, that we set out to make a book that was accessible, I, I really feel like we, we accomplished that goal. And I really encourage you all to pick up the book and take a look. Well said, my friend. Uh, if you're interested in storytelling, keep checking out our other podcasts. Uh, we, we have talked quite a bit already about characters, protagonists, antagonists. Uh, we're you know in the midst uh, of trying to really delve into the, the issues that writers are examining and, and working through as they're telling their stories uh, every time that, that Jeremy and I do this podcast. So check out the, uh, the previous episodes of the podcast for really nuts and bolts uh, examinations of how to use different tools in the world of storytelling. That's going to do it for us this time on the Inside Out podcast. Again, visit our website at the Inside Out, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> visit our website at theinsideoutstory.com and we will uh, see you on the next show. Keep telling stories. 
For more information on this story, the host of the show, upcoming speaking engagements and seminars, visit our website at theinsideoutstory.com. The Inside Out Story podcast is a production of Sideshow Media Group.